Welcome to the Minx and Muse podcast. I'm your host, Crimson Minx, creatrix of Minx and Muse, a dark feminine playhouse where we awaken our innate magic through esoerotic dance and witchcraft. Welcome to the Portal of Enchantment. Welcome, Ruby Divine, to the Minx and Muse podcast. How are you today? I'm doing so good. I'm so excited. Ah, so excited to have you. And Ruby, how do you like to identify? Do you identify as a witch? Does that is that languaging that would work for today? Yeah, I absolutely identify as a witch. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because I think for those who don't know Ruby, Ruby is an instructor at the studio and she teaches um, our beginner pole class and she teaches a class called called pole harlots and our pole roulette classes on Sundays. So a lot of people who are familiar with the studio may know you as a pole instructor, but really you align with the vision and the the deeper messaging behind Minx and Muse in your non-pole practices as well. You were a mystic at one point for us. So um, I want to know, when did you start identifying with the witchy side of yourself? That's a good question. Um, That has like a lot of branches, but I'd say I've always been interested in, especially astrology. I think that's really where I started. Like from a very young age, I was really curious about astrology. And I think that's a gateway drug into witchiness. And I think I really started owning the title of witch because I think there's a lot of aversion that comes it's such a loaded term you know it has so much emotion attached to it and um i think i really started taking ownership of that maybe around like 2015 ish and then really in 2019 i think when i started coming to the studio a lot i understood in more depth what that means and i think more like the personal responsibility aspect of it um and taking ownership of your sovereignty too I think that I didn't understand how big of an aspect of witchcraft that was. Cause I think, especially if you start to get into it through like astrology and stuff, it's like sky daddy, like what's going to happen to me? And like, what, what's this, you know? And you kind of, it's like a, it's a stand in for that. I mean, this is already like, like, you know, like I grew up Catholic and a lot of the people that go to the studio, like came from some institutionalized religion and um, being told like, what to do and what's going to happen to you. And I think the studio is such a a beacon for people who are escaping that and finding their own personal authority. But Sky Daddy can sometimes become a little bit of that. And I think it was kind of like an alternative in that way for me to still scratch that itch, but also like rebrand it a little bit. And I think after coming to the studio and connecting with the community and like your values and your teachings and your wisdom, I really understand now and integrate so much of what being a witch is, is like being personally responsible for yourself in every aspect of your life. That's a long-winded answer to a short question. (laughs) Well, that is what we would expect because there is depth behind everything. And you know, we're all in dark feminine here the dark feminine is the depth and the shadows and so we don't want this to just be base and I love that definition though because you're right we all have our entryway our gateway drug into witchcraft and astrology could be a big one I think crystals can be a big one yeah I feel like even people going to witches markets that could be oh yeah that interests you so there's always something that grabs us in and you're so right at first it almost feels like I remember when I started tarot it felt very like almost fatalist to me like I, I had to remove myself from a little bit um, of my my daily pools or getting readings because I hadn't really dropped into the concept of it's just the energy that you're aligned with at the moment mm-hmm. um, and that this is there is no predictive 100% future and that we really do have sovereignty to shift and be the ultimate authority in our life. But it just felt like, oh my gosh, I pulled this card and said this, that's the final answer. Now there could be a lot of wisdom in those pools and a lot of medicine in those pools, but same thing with astrology. Well, I'm this and this. 
And I hate that, like, oh, let me consult the astrology. Tell me how I should feel today. No. Um, yeah. But there's, there's I feel to this. So much. And I think as you like deepen into the practice, and I imagine it'll expand for me as I age and everything too, like the nuance of everything becomes so much clearer. And wouldn't it be so nice to be able to look at a chart or a card and know exactly what's going to happen to you, right? Like, wouldn't that be so amazing? But um, there's, that's not how it is. And um, I think uh, there, and I really try to understand that of like, because I do believe in predictive astrology and I do believe in divination that can like show you like, destiny in certain aspects. And I, you know, I look at a lot of like celebrity charts or like famous people charts and try to understand like what led them to this path and what, and I, to a degree, I believe that there, people are predestined for certain things, but to what degree that is, I think there's a lot of ambiguity around it. And um, so I'm very curious about those things. I would love to go deeper into that with you. For those mm -hmm. who we just kind of, this is only episode two or three of the podcast, so um, there's there's no like rigid structure that we're following. And I always just want to see, and it's not like me straight up interviewing you; it's discussion back and forth. And so I always trust that we're guided into discussions that would be really helpful for people. And that is one thing that I definitely have my own belief or theories on: this idea that there are destined points in our life and there are destined mm -hmm. things that are meant to happen but it's I just our, got chills. yeah right like there's something about that where we can use our dignitary tools or our spirit guidance um our astrology things like that that can give us that insight and sometimes re-guide us on a path um there's certain energies even you look at human design that we're just more um, attuned to. And then it's our actions outside of that, that determine the level of it. So mm. I have this theory, let me hear your thoughts. The example would be, all right, if I, you're destined to meet a certain partner, you know, in this situation around this time, and, and that is like a destined thing that you came in with. Now, to me, I believe that you can do it's all the work you do before that that determines if who that partner is like if you do a lot of self work and growth and you're at a really healthy point in your life i want to put a pin in work because I, I i wish i would have a notepad because i want it like but i have yeah work okay yeah you so you do your self work yeah, if you do yourself work, and you know, some people can be triggered by the word work, but you know, just do, do, you know, work is okay. Work is good. Yeah, work is good. Um, it can be fun. Work can be fun. Um, but mm -hmm. it depends on. So when that destined time, moment in time, and person comes, it can determine: is this person a really high quality partner? Mm. Or is this someone that is meeting you? Because I think they're meeting us where we are. Or is it yeah. someone that may be less high value because you haven't maybe battled certain aspects within yourself and that you've done avoidance or things like that? Like, I think that in these destined points, we can meet it at a really high level if we do approach it consciously. So mm. in that respect, it doesn't feel fatalist. It doesn't feel like I have no no purpose of showing up on the daily because there's already these destined points like it's that it's that work and that energy in between that determines how fucking amazing or perhaps devastating that could be I really like that perspective and I align with so much of what you're saying and I think like what I'm hearing like a packaged kind of explanation of it maybe is just like energetic levels like refining and getting to different energetic levels to be in alignment with what you want which you use the word alignment like so much so that makes a lot of sense and I really like that um and you also used the term checkpoints and I think that we get those moments in our life where you feel like chills or you feel like deja vu and I really do believe that that's like a checkpoint almost like in a video game like okay you're you're on the right path and like you know that you're aligned or you get little messages and signs so I totally agree um 
And I like that you use like the example of a partner because I think that comes up a lot too, is people like wanting to be aligned with the right person or the right people or the right job or anything. And um, yeah, I the word work really opened something up for me because sometimes, so I grew up very strict Catholic and um, I notice a lot the similarities and differences between like spirituality, like being, have you ever seen that meme of like religion's like a fishbowl and spirituality is like everything outside of it, you know? Um, but I see sometimes this concept of like in, in religion, sometimes it's like you have to refine and get better so you can go to heaven, right? And sometimes in the spiritual community, I get this concept of like you have to refine and get better so you can have what you want, which of course, I mean, we do. Like you can't just be like, hey, I want to get better at pole dancing, but I never want to go to classes. You know, like you can't do that. But um, it, it's – I don't really even know how to like articulate what I'm trying to say, but I don't like the language – to communicate to people that like, oh, you have to be deserving of this thing that you want. Like you have to level up or else you don't deserve to be loved. Or Cause that is like a huge narrative that I see, especially when I was a mystic, I did like love readings. Cause like I love love and I love relationships and I love, um, I'm just like very, very drawn to that kind of divination. And a lot of times, I think I communicate this to you, like people would be almost, they would book me as like a love reading. Like it literally says love witch, like love reading. And then I'd be like, what do you want to talk about today? And they would not say it. They wouldn't be able to say like, I came here for love. They're like, oh, you know, just life and jobs. And I'm like, that is not why you came here. <laughs> so I think there's like an, a hesitation to ask for that. And then there's also like this narrative wrapped around it that like, I don't, I know I'm not good enough yet, but when I am good enough and I just, Oh, I don't like that. Like, and I think it was just like the idea of like the partner thing, but going back to what you were talking about before of what, you know, at what point is this destiny? And at what point is this um, like just happening? in life. Um, JK Ultra, who, you know, I love, um, introduced this, me to this book. It's like a children's book and it's called the little soul and it's really cute, but it's essentially like a story of this little soul in heaven. And, um, it like asks God or the universe, like, Hey, I want to learn like forgiveness. And so that's what I want to do. I want to experience forgiveness. And so then like another little soul is like, I want to help you. So I will be the one that you can forgive. And I think that says a lot. And I really align with that belief of like, it's not necessarily like even the people or the things that are going to happen or the career that we're going to do, but it's overall like the energy that you're here to integrate. And that can map out a million different ways. And that's where like the chaotic universe and our own sovereignty come into play of like, how do we want to learn these lessons? Do we want to learn them through joy and happiness? Do we want to learn them through like pain and sorrow? And like, what lessons are we learning? I think we choose the energies we want to align with. And then we as humans have the ability to work work with the chaos of the universe to understand how those play out or make them play out. That's a lot. <laughs> no, I love that. It's almost like it's the free will aspect that I think people throw away a lot. And the, a lot of the free will is mm -hmm. just how you regulate yourself. And if anyone's interested in, reg in regulation, that was, we talked about that a lot with Sarah Starbeam on the previous episode, but this idea of how do you learn to regulate yourself and how do you show up in a way where you're responding, not reacting, because in the example you gave the, the, for, the forgiveness, well, if you want to learn forgiveness, it, it could take you 10 years or it could take you one year. It could mm. be, um, because if you refuse to really have a greater perspective of it and, and deepen into it, it may just be something that you're constantly, um, bypassing the spiritual lesson or the human lesson around it. And so you can choose how you're going to forgive. You can choose how you're going to see the humanity in things. Or I feel like a lot of times we do, when we don't learn the lessons, they repeat themselves, repeat themselves, repeat themselves. Oh, yeah. We have these ingrained patterns. And that's where things, and that's how you, ultimately, that's how you're really going to learn. So um, because it's going to get so unavoidable in your life. And that does happen, especially like with body stuff. We see it in pull all the time too, is like maybe you're struggling like with some emotions and it shows up in your body and like it's, you know, the things that we you always say as above, so below, like the things that we feel inside, like become our world and become what we see. And 
that's if we see the world as like a very cruel place it's like where are you what do they say a man sees in the world what is inside himself like or a woman or a, anyone but like what you know where are you being cruel to yourself and those types of things so yeah i totally totally agree yeah so that's where like a lot of the free will comes into place and a lot of the this is where to me the witchiness comes in okay so Let's say that we have all this free will, but we can kind of use our divinatory tools and our astrologies and our communications with spirits and guides and things like that to really make sure we're in alignment with what we are kind of, if you believe in chose to come down here to learn, or if you prefer just the idea of what's energetically aligned to you, um, flowing downstream rather than constantly trying to fight upstream. Um, and when you start going deeper into your witchcraft beyond just that like initial uh, gateway, you start realizing, wow, these tools are really meant to support me in the in-between so that there aren't mm. these just big moments that I have to depend on them. Um, so one thing that I love that I know you do is you have a daily bath ritual that you do. And I would love to talk about that. But the reason why I feel like this is so important is because I think there's levels to the witchiness, right? The first is like, oh my gosh, there are these things just telling me what's going to happen. And it's, that's where I think a lot of, you know, you brought up um, systems. I think systems will judge witchcraft just based on that saying, oh, it's, mm -hmm. it's and, and that's why you have to avoid it. And when you go deeper, you start to realize, oh, I have a little free will. I can start mm. controlling the the situation around the situation. When you go deeper, you realize, oh my gosh, I can't just be using these witchy tools in the moments that I need them most. I need to use them with regularity so I don't have these moments of um, of explosion that I'm constantly trying to put out fires. It's almost like maintaining the energy. So tell us mm -hmm. about this this manifestation oh. that you do with regularity yeah um detail as you want <laughs> okay and really quick also like as you were saying that it kind of came to me that it seems like the first step of witchiness is noticing noticing patterns or noticing angels numbers or noticing things and then the second step is like using what you notice to consciously create because you talk a lot about like being in a state of gnosis and what i'm about to say that i do with my ritual my bath ritual is like, it's kind of like, I can be as an intentional or sometimes a little bit mindless about it, but it's just the repetition that I think gets it to the back of your brain. And then it becomes you, you become the things that you do and the things that you repeat and the patterns. So consciously doing things. I noticed this, I noticed that I want this embodiment. Yeah. So, I mean, your witchcraft, are you embodied in what you're, you're consciously creating? Go on. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's nothing that special. It's not anything like crazy, but I just have different like tools and different um, like oils and soaps and things that I find for my intentions. But bath for me, water for me is really, really healing. So I think that's why I choose this, but you could probably do it in any, any way that you want. But I have a protection candle that I light. I ask, you know, for the guides that I work with and spirits that I work with, because um, I believe in that to draw them in to protect me. And the number one step is I want to any energy that I've accumulated through the day that's not mine, I want to send it back. And any energy that I've left out that I've spent out in the world, I want it to come back to me. So just like making sure that I'm balanced energetically is the first step. And once I'm done with that, as the water's filling up, I have my different oils and I just repeat the things that I want. I have different intentions for them. And sometimes they change. Sometimes I'll want something else. And a lot of that is the noticing aspect of like, what do I, what am I lacking or what do I need or what do I have to get rid of? Um, and so they're just all aligned to those different intentions. And like last month was, or still this month is um, the wealth weaver at the studio. And so you know, to touch on that, one of mine is like a money wash that I get from Art of the Root that I really, I think works really, really well. And so um, we talk about like sexual magnetism and I say like money is sexually magnetized to me. Like I am so attractive to money and it loves to flow through me and to me. And just um, you've like shared so much, like your wisdom, I feel like you gift the world with is how this sexuality is, first of all, good second of all, natural, third of all, something you should love about yourself and nurture and not be afraid to indulge in and express. And fourth, like use it to do more than just like, 
have sex with somebody like to bring everything you want to you. And so I tie that into all these different intentions, but I have some that I won't disclose, but like, you know, they're private, but I do that. And essentially I'm like envisioning that I'm creating this like cauldron of everything that I want to step into. And then I do step into it and I let it like soak into me. And as I get out of the bath, I'm saying these things too. I'm repeating the mantras because each soap has like a mantra that it goes with it. And then as I'm getting out, I'm saying like, this is who I am now. Like I am this. And I have noticed so profoundly the change of like when I add an intention, how I notice it's weird. People will react to me like this is true and it, I'm not prompting it. I'm not doing anything. It's, it really does feel like I'm soaking in this and putting on almost like this shield of like who I want to be. And then people are just seeing me like that. And I don't know. It's wild. It might just be like my own thing. Like everybody has their own stuff, but like this is my, it works for me, <laughs> works for me. <laughs> I love it. No, it's amazing. And I think sometimes people think magic has to be super complicated, but in some instances, mm -mm. it can be very pleasurable. So our, yeah, we're mm -hmm. wrapping up our, our May archetype of the wealth weaver and our June archetype is going to be the pleasure priestess. And so this idea <sighs> of, I know, of being, being able to create magic using pleasure, I think is highly effective. Um, and the idea of also integrating our sexual energy, I would love to chat with you about that pin, put a pin in it. Um, but I just want to make sure that like people who are listening to this podcast feel really empowered by this idea of creating their own consistent rituals. So consistency yes. breeds transformation, change, um, attraction, up-leveling, all of those things or release, whatever it is that your intention is. But we talk about, we talk about it in dance and we talk about it in witchcraft and people think, oh, I'm just going to do, do this spell once and I'm done. And we always say, you don't brush your teeth once and you're done. You don't clean your house once mm -hmm. and you're done. You have to keep the energy going. So having a consistent ritual where it's every time I'm in the bath. We actually in Coven last week did a shower ritual where every time we were in the shower, we were basically becoming delusional and planning our day of the day ahead um, as if we were a very, um, a, a very future aligned version of ourselves stepping into that, right? So well, if the future aligned version of yourself has this job and lives here and, you know, does this for fun, whatever, you just start thinking, okay, well, today I have to do this. And oh my gosh, well, I'll have to go pick up that for this. And oh, well, I'll have to book those first class tickets for this. And I'll probably, you know, so you start really making checklists almost for the day and thinking about the day of what you would prefer your day to be. Because I just feel like when you're in that conductiveness of water, like the shower, or the bath, just even your mindset can be and intentionally using your mindset work can be really transformative with the subconscious. But then you start including your correspondences, right? Like what's the soap you're using? What oils are you using? Perhaps you're like having fresh herbs hanging or perhaps you're using like colored bath bombs, things like this. It can all, yeah, totally just create like this pleasure magic ritual of, of shifting. And when you say people are responding to you differently, I know that to be true because you've shifted your subconscious to be in a certain way and that's the energy you're putting off. So that's what people are responding to. That's why sometimes like, you know, I always say like with reclaiming your sexual sovereignty, sometimes you don't, it's, you can't just dress sexy for people to, mm -hmm. to, to, to be sexy, right? You have to embody it energetically. And there's, a what, what is dressing sexy too, you know, like right? so subjective. Yeah. So yeah, so I just, um, I feel like it's really empowering to to get to that next level of witchcraft when you start learn, that's why you need to understand how magic and witchcraft and energy mm. work, because then you don't need the book of spells. You, yeah, you, you and sometimes you talked about repetition and that helps with understanding because if you just keep doing something over and over and over and over and over, it doesn't matter if one day you're checked out, one day you're fully present, the next day, like you're doing it and it's gonna bring wisdom just from the repetition, just from living a life. 
as a person, you don't have to do anything with your life. You're going to gain wisdom just from experiencing it and living in that energy. So just from consistent spell practice. And when I was talking to Damien on Pair Peculiar, he brought up to like, do you think that this magic that you create that's like, um, you know, because I guess like in like real magic you know like more i would say like more of like a masculine magic they're like it has to be this way and you have to do it this way and da, 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 da. And he's like is your magic just as real as that and it's like yeah because it's personal to me and i am god so like you know <laughs> who are you to say like i create my universe and if it's real to me it's gonna change my world and i think doing a five minute ritual every day of your life is more profound than doing a big ritual at the beginning of the year, wearing robes, getting naked, sacrificing a cow. Like I think that doing it every single day consistently, that's where you change your world. And um, it just lives in that and telling your brain over and over, this is true, this is true, this is true. It's a form of neuroplasticity, absolutely. And it feels more mm -hmm. natural and more like a truth. Um, and this is why we always advocate for this in our dance as well. You know, I feel like I'm on a constant, constant um, mission to tell people to once and we talk about this all the time, because you teach our beginner pole class, just because you get something once doesn't mean it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. Like, have you really embodied it yet? Is it really in you? Can you do it without thinking? And then can you do it from different entrance points or exit points and different um, creative expressions on different sides um, with different speeds and controls? Like to me, you can do, say uh, um, do a spin on a pole a couple of times, but have you really embodied that? And to me, it's just mm -hmm. the repetition. And that's where I really see dance mastery when people can go deep within the foundations before needing to move on. And it's the same thing in witchcraft. Are you so deep mm -hmm. in your foundations before you feel like you need to go on to the next thing? Whether it's like, like I always tell people learn tarot all upright before you then move into mm -hmm. reversals because you need to get really deep on the foundations then it will be so much easier for you to understand reversals understand mm -hmm. or understand like the different interpretations because some people will say you know oh, i see this card as this it's like okay well, let's learn what it means and then we'll decide oh, it yeah. like later on like you know you can develop those kinds of systems that are subjective to yourself but objectively like this is what this means you and i get real uptight about that and i feel <laughs> i love that i have a comrade with this because i feel like learn the traditions learn like when you get a rider yeah. there's so much occult symbolism and messaging in that learn that mm -hmm. you like actually this is something i believe um when you were on the the podcast you mentioned before the parapeculiar podcast that i definitely differ with damien and his well can't you just his essentially is like show one so show people the card and let that them interpret it and everyone's a tarot reader and i was like well that kind of dismisses the definition of a tarot reader because to me a tarot reader is someone who understands the deep occult meaning and messaging that are, are in those cards. And then you can expand to your own personal definitions as influence, mm -hmm. but there's Hebrew lettering. There is astrological symbolism. There's color symbolism. There's elemental symbolism. Um, there's a, a lot of even like the positioning of the figures. There's so much that if you want to have a really good tarot, wisdom and insight you and i just we're old school baby we're like learn the traditions and then and then you can like how i say and when i sub for you in their intro to pole class i'm like you have to learn the foundational pirouette yes. before you can get to your fancy pirouettes because you're you're missing the whole foundation yeah then go and i don't even dark decks or whatever and get weird with it yeah 
And I don't even necessarily say like, oh, like a, I'm a traditionalist, but it's like a respect for that source. material. like there's a reason everybody knows the tarot. Like there's a reason is because like it is it holds so much wisdom. And I think when you want to move on to the next thing like that and like pull, it's like you're missing out. There's no like in one lifetime, you can't learn everything there is to know. And I think the best tarot readers are the people that are able to interpret things traditionally based on like what are all the colors I'm looking at? Why are these numbers next to each other? What's going on? What do these cards mean when they speak right next to each other? They're taking in, like their brain is so expanded that they're able to take in all of this information and integrate it and maybe even using like less cards too. And I know you and I touched on like, well, isn't everything that's not right or weight just an oracle because it has its own interpretation? <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's okay. Everybody has their own things and like witchcraft is not like, the Catholic church, like, you know, it's not exactly. this, 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 but it's okay to hold, it's okay to hold these opinions and it's okay to think differently than other people. And some people might say like, you know what, I don't believe in that. That's totally cool. But, um, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I would agree that like, there's just so much, there's so much, you literally can't learn it all. It's so to think that you're ever done with it or it's bored or you've learned everything or in this at a dance, it's like, it's impossible. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's such, I like the word reverence. Like it's a reverence for mm -hmm. the practice and for the art form. And mm -hmm. I think what happens is, is people get so excited and I see it all the time yeah. that they get super into something and they just want to go to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I do think that is like a dark feminine practice to be able to hold yourself back from that, that masculine training that we're all just having lived in a society that values that of like, well, I need to get this next certification or I have to get this next level up and I need to like climb, um, climb for this, the next, next to achieve, achieve, achieve. What if we challenge ourselves to say, what if I'm just present and embodied in this situation? Yeah. I think we're actually become quote unquote better through that system than burning ourselves out, trying to achieve something like you just said, it's, you're never going to learn all of the, the things in the lifetime. Mm -hmm. There is no race to, I know all of the mystical things, or I know all of the movement things. It's never going to happen. So why don't we instead shift into like gaining a more reverence for what it is we do and depth within what we do. And a lot of that mm -hmm. comes from honoring being a beginner and honoring like being able to, to study or embody the, the foundations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's scary too, like to exist in a space because our whole world, everything is structured in a, even like if we think about human beings as we, we age, we progress and there's markers in life. You should be here. You should be here. There's no markers when you're going to the depths of yourself. There's no markers of like, you've reached this, you've done this. Like maybe you can see your life has improved from certain ways, but it's so much more there's ambiguity around it. It's like, it's very nebulous. And so that's a terrifying thing to think like, I'm just exploring into my own pleasure and into like the depths of myself and just, just to be there. But it does, it does help you. Like you do a deeper connection with yourself and with your movement. Like I'm speaking specifically about like movement, you know, a deeper connection with those aspects of yourself or even with your own magic, your own magic practice and what you like and what you don't like just spending time in that space, just being there, like changes everything. And I think that's a lot of the change that people see at Minx is they're like, I'm going to come and take a pole class or I'm just going to move around. And they're like, damn, why do I feel amazing? And my life is getting better. And it's like, because of that, but you, which I guess is like some kind of masculinized achievement, but it's from being in that space and not having an agenda that that comes about. Um, which is like, yeah, it's very scary because there's no markers and you can't tell if you're doing good or bad or, you know. <laughs> this is not a, a, a smart goal. I cannot. <laughs> yeah, it's not a smart goal at all. <laughs> uh, I know we've been like, we've been perverted by the corporate man or structure or whatever, <sighs> but there is. But then when I feel like that's why I love making sure I reflect take time to reflect back on things. Cause I do feel like since I've embarked on this journey, my life is better. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and by better, I mean, I have more soul fulfillment. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm spending more effort and time aligned with what fills, fills me up and brings me joy. I feel like I don't allow others to bother me so much. And I don't, 
I'm not so influenced by external things as I used to be absolutely controlled. And so it's a slow process and there's no metrics. But when you look back, I think, oh my goodness. And then you can kind of recognize it in others when you see, oh my gosh, like I see how that's how I probably would have responded at one point, or that is a point in my life where I was at before I really did the depth, the depth work. That is so true. I didn't think about it that way, but it's like maybe the dark feminine form of like going to the next level is something that you can only see once you've gotten there and you can look back and be like, wow, I'm different in a very wonderful way. And whereas it might be a little bit more appealing and like, um, I don't want to say easier, but like the immediate gratification of like, I got this move, I got this move, I got this move versus like, wow, like now I close my eyes and I dance for 10 minutes. And like, when I look back, like every move is fully extended and fully embodied. And it's like, I'm not confused or struggling for what to do. Like these things are just flowing through me and like my body with the, with the music and my musicality is like so aligned because it feels so like unique to me. Um, I don't know, maybe Maybe there's something to that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That when you find that authentic expression within yourself where you're not being externally influenced because you finally spend enough time embodying it and exploring it that you and that's, you know, I see that in dancers and I even see that in people's craft, you know, when I mm-hmm. I can tell when we've talked about Wicca and how that is like a, a religion within witchcraft and how like that that can kind of be recognizable because we adhere to this and this and uh, we celebrate these things. But then it's really interesting to come across people who have really found their own unique version of the craft and how powerful it can be because it's been aligned to them personally. Same thing with mm. the dance. Like they may just do moves that work naturally with their body's ability and avoids the things that perhaps where they're limited Um and not saying that we're not expanding or or challenging ourselves at all, but you notice like you're not trying to replicate something else that's just not working for you, you know, yeah. in the world. You're not trying to get the job that your dad told you that you needed to have or the, you know, create that standardized life for yourself by the age of 35 that society says you had because and being miserable. Instead, you're finding your happy place within the world or your dance. Yeah. So it sounds like the challenge is the intimacy that you build with yourself and remaining in that, which is really hard, you know, building intimacy with yourself. I love it. Well, I said I was going to put a pin in it and I'm coming back to the sexual energy talk because, you know, we're a couple interviews in, it's about damn time. We talk about sexual energy. Let's do it. Um, let's do it because you had mentioned it earlier and about how you realized using the sexual energy that you were harnessing during your dance and your movement practices were actually flowing into your your witchcraft and your your spiritual work. And so I think a lot of people question why why is does make some use to sensual dance or esoterotic dance as we call it. Let's go see episode one. And um and witchcraft, and it's because to me, they go hand in hand, especially as witches, we want to be able to access our sexual energy as our source of magnetism and our source of, of life force energy. So um, one thing that I like to always make sure people are clear on is that our sexual energy, esoeroticism, what we focus on at the studio is accessing sexual energy outside of intercourse. Um, and that our sexual energy is not just like our sensuality and our pleasure, which it is, and which is important, but it's also our life force energy and our creative energy, our ability to, to be the ultimate creatrix of our life, our ability to manifest and magnetize. And so all of that being said, do you want to speak on like how you had this maybe awakening to how the sexual energy that we're harnessing in class isn't just reserved for an external validation or just for dance class itself. Yeah. I think going back to chatting a little bit about like these markers of the dark feminine being less, you know, definable and markable than like these masculine achievements. Um, 
I think it really is like that, just noticing. And I really noticed it a lot in my relationships and at work, how just spending like a couple of hours a week, like dancing at the studio and like stripping and things like that helped to like stripping at the studio, like uh, helped to just make me more integrated with myself. I'm showing up for myself, I guess, in a more intimate way. And through that connection and like love of myself in that way, you just shine a little bit brighter and people notice that about you. And you, I think when you have that kind of support that you're giving to yourself and you're seeing yourself in that way too, and it's like when you have sex with somebody, you know, or like if you're in a relationship and you have, and you choose to like, you guys are building intimacy and consistently having sex, like you get closer and that bond becomes stronger. It's like, you're building that bond with yourself and people can see that people can respond to that energetically. You don't have to say anything. It's just felt like this person is connected to themselves. You, they treat you with more authority. You're given more opportunity, things that don't align with you, especially relationship wise, like relationships romantically that like are not aligned or that where you were taking less, accepting less, um, giving too much of yourself. Now that you're filling your own cup, you don't have to put a, like, you don't need that. You can, you can notice more when something's leaching your energy and you can notice more when something's not aligned with your values. Cause you know yourself a little bit better because you're spending more time in that way, being intimate with yourself. And when you're sharing that, like it just, the things that don't fit start to fall away. And I think that's where it's found. It's not necessarily you're making something or doing something. It's just stuff that doesn't work starts to go away. And you start to see like, I don't know, feel your value more and feel, feel what's right. Yeah. We talk about how, how your life will change when you really find, um, your, sexual reclamation and and reclaim your sexual sovereignty and we won't go into like how we do that here that'll be a future episode perhaps but it is something that we talk about that once you really experience that sexual sovereignty you experience shifts in your life that are super noticeable um like all of a sudden your people are not approaching you in certain ways with certain expectations, or you're holding higher standards, or you're not settling in relationships, you're not settling in jobs. And um, what people aren't aware of is, is, it's not the apparatus, right? It's not the pole, or it's not the the chair, or it's not, you know, it's, it's the energy itself that you're harnessing during those when in, intentionally approaching your dance that is allowing for this deeper, deeper shift in the subconscious, in your body's energy resonance. And, you know, think about how, and, and then your intentions magnetize quicker. You're like, why do I think this? And then it, it comes to me. Mm-hmm. Um, why is like, I used to have to do this spell for so long. And now all of a sudden, like, I just, as long as I do my simple bath ritual, I'm putting the intention out there. But because I am showing up amplified in my sexual energy, I'm constantly amplifying my intention. You know, mm. you're just kind of like putting off, a yeah. strong, you can think about it as putting off a stronger signal when you are, yeah, do when you are committed to your esoterotic rituals of raising your sexual energy, um, mm-hmm. you're just, yeah, you're magnetized, but people feel it and that people respond to you differently and you show up for yourself differently. Um, it sounds so woo woo, but, um, or maybe high it's level, not. but it's so many people have experienced it. And I think a lot of times we forget that. And when we step away from our practices for a little bit, which obviously is going to happen in life, we're humans and life happens. But I think it's most potent when we step away and then come back. Mm-hmm. And then you remember, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> this was amazing. Yeah. So I feel like when people are really trying to live life intentionally, that's also why I think as it's responsible as we're raising this sexual, sensual energy within ourselves to also be conscious, which is because we're magnetizing. And if we're not aware of our subconscious, our intentions, we could be magnetizing things that perhaps are out of alignment with our true desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Being responsible in your, in your energy. Yeah. I mean, they go in. Oh my gosh. So So powerful. Yeah. 
like, cause sometimes people are like, Oh, I'm just going to go right into the dance. And, um, and they kind of neglect the other part. I'm like, Ooh, but you're neglecting the, the part that's going to let that amp that, that dance, like amp you the fuck up. Um, yeah. So I always encourage people to really delve into both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you can get so many different things from different movement styles and, really anything, but it is such a powerful thing that makes a muse does that nobody else is doing that nobody else does anywhere that just marries that like self intimacy with the practice of movement that literally changes your life. And I've been teaching pole virgins for a little bit now. And like, I, it is so wild to me getting to see the patterns of people coming in and like, just they're so different. They're different people, like even a couple of weeks into it or like months down the line. I, and I see it so much people like getting out of relationships that they like actually weren't happy in. And like, maybe that was part of the reason why they were like, I want to do something that, you know, a little out of my comfort zone. I want to try something. Had no idea where this would lead. And it's like, they're, you know, six months in, like they've got a different job that they love more. They're like, um, they're, maybe they've worked out things in their relationship to where it's more fulfilling or like they're seeing a different partner or they're like enjoying some time being by themselves or they're exploring different things sexually that they didn't realize that they had the permission to explore. And it just opens people up and it's like, it's literally just grinding up on a pole, but that's not what it is. There's just something so much deeper. And I had no idea before coming to the studio, like how much sexual energy was entangled with your personal magic and like you just can't unsee it you can't go back and it's you know this is what it is you took the blue pill <laughs> i did i'm so happy <laughs> yeah oh me too believe me because i wasn't always there and so i really appreciate those kind words about the studio and it is always mm. something that we are trying to get better at it's one of the reasons why i wanted to start this podcast back up because i really felt like there's so much deeper understanding around the work we do and i think people are motivated to show up for themselves when they have an a, a deeper why and a deeper understanding of the true magic of it all because a lot of people mm. it's real do throw around the word Word magic and witch and they like the aesthetic mm. like I'm and I, I I have seen other studios literally list all of their classes in the most witchy cool names ever but I'm there I see no methodology behind it I see no deeper mm. understanding of like what those the power of those witchy words hold sometimes and I really want people to to have an understanding of this work so I think when they show up for themselves they'll say oh I remember hearing Ruby saying how I it's going to be more powerful if I commit to the embodiments and the repetition and the depth of my movement when they will naturally because of being masculinized and I'm not anti the masculine talk for another day, but, um, <laughs> they, they naturally just want to be like, I got to go and move and learn the next thing. How do I do the next thing? And that's why I'm hoping like, just you speaking that truth will make people reflect and say, Oh my goodness, you know, and my, there, you can always go deeper. You can. there's people that come back to pull virgins and they're like, I didn't realize like how I could do this differently or how like, you know, it's hard still the foundational stuff. So you always get something deeper out of it. Mm. Yeah. And like for my personal story real quick, like I definitely went, I, I loved, I, for my dance, I discovered dance and witchcraft around the same time. And so they always went hand in hand with me. Um, but I had loved it. And then I did the thing where I'm like, I need to up-level and up-level. And I really injured myself. And I had a full year of dancing that I hated it um, and was like, why am I doing this? So I dropped off and then I had to reflect and say, when was I the happiest? And it went, I actually just went back to level ones and twos. And that's where I've been ever since. Um, and it was the having to, to step away from it to realize, and I'm not saying that you can't find embodiment in like more upper level types of dance and movement. It's just not something that we necessarily offer, but, and for me, it didn't work. Um, but it was that return to be like, this is where the magic is and you, and experiencing it, losing it finding it again was such a beautifully powerful thing for me that um, I'm so happy that more people are getting to like have that permission to return to 
like you said, go back to level one, go back to the foundations or come to our more self-guided classes where they can just enjoy their dance and their bodies and their sexual expression just for that and not for any other Mm -hmm. expectation, you know? So, and you facilitate that. If anything. Oh, sorry. I I always tell our instructors that they're like priestesses and healers and just, you know, alchemists in people's lives. And Ruby, I've said that to you all the time and and it's good to hear why. (laughs) So sorry, interrupted you. Go on. (laughs) Well, that's very kind. And that makes me very happy. I'm literally just teaching some pole classes. (laughs) Like I I was going to say, even, even just being in a space full of other people that are all there on purpose to feel sexually connected with themselves doesn't matter if there's poles or floor dance or anything but like they're coming there all for the intention like that is so powerful and just being in that space it doesn't matter what you're doing that's life-changing so i mean it's amazing that a space exists like to do that yeah the shared energy of it and we have found that it can work over virtual too which is pretty awesome but Mm -hmm. that's why i always say don't bring your friend that don't drag your friends Mm -hmm. to the studio because we only want people showing up who really actually want to be in that energy and do that work and i do refer to it as work that we do at the studio because i do always remind people like we're not here just learning tiktok dances we're here doing Mm -hmm. inner work and not everyone's ready for that um and when you are ready it's a lot it is and not and we have so many people who will sign up for an intro series and kind of just say either i've gotten messages i signed up and then i chickened out i didn't even come to the first day um or after a week or two they're like i just it's i'm just not there yet and i respect that so you have to be ready for it yeah i think that you might go into it especially if you're seeking out a poll like you i can definitely see how people would go into it after like seeing things on instagram and be like oh i'm gonna get a cool video of me being sexy but the understanding of what you're doing is very superficial not in a negative context you have no way of understanding it you've never done it before you know but it's a superficial understanding and then when you get there especially at minx and muse like a hundred percent at minx and muse the amount of vulnerability it requires just to show up and go in that door and then to move yourself consciously and be you're being there with yourself and like some people like i know when i first came to the studio like you don't i didn't spend a lot of time just being with my feelings and being with my body and being with myself and so it's terrifying and it's like you said it is work and it's so much and then there's other people watching you do it and then you're in a space that you don't know and you're not wearing a lot of clothes and it's like it's so overwhelming but when you do it in such a like a beautiful and supportive space like minx it can be the most healing like the most healing experience and profound experience because to basically be emotionally naked like that and then to have other people just be like yeah i see you and i think you're awesome and you're you're great and we're here for you and i'm also somebody who's been on that journey and i'm telling you you're doing it right and like there's no wrong way and love you and like that is like the ultimate that i think that's what like breaks your heart open and you're like i'm in love with this and now i'm addicted (laughs) i love that yeah the power of being witnessed we'll have to go do that a future podcast on that but um i love that we just brought it back to where we started which was this idea of sometimes there's the gateway and instagram videos can absolutely be a gateway especially to Mm -hmm. especially to pole dance uh, maybe less so to maybe different styles of, of sensual dance and esoterotic dance. Um, but definitely seeing things on Instagram or other forms of social media can absolutely suck you in and get you interested. And I'm always like, what, what really interested you? To me, that's where we have to go deeper. Like, why did you really get drawn to the, mm. the sexy style of dance? Was it because you wanted to like execute that cool trick or was there something energetically within that that was speaking to your soul yeah you know but it's a gateway and we need to shift same way that when we gateway into witchcraft we have to realize that like astrology is it like the end-all be-all controlling mechanism that we once and maybe originally thought it was or that um you need to someone else has to make an ancient spell for you to enable to to create magic you know 
So mm-hmm. these gateways are wonderful. Um, and what we always try to do is to catch people before they come in and really, um, really share wisdom around like the deeper reason behind it all. So yeah. 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 So I'm trying to keep these episodes to not getting crazy long. So what I would love to do is first and foremost, we're going to have you back in the future to talk about different things, but let's kind of roll into our not let's kind of roll let's roll working on my my languaging (laughs) let's roll it to our our final questions that we ask everyone and the first one being what is your personal mantra or source of daily inspiration uh my personal mantra is i magnetize everything that i want myself all positive and good things um for my highest and best good with ease as easily as i breathe like just variations of that yeah i'm magnetic everyone should have some type of mantra or saying or belief that they repeat over and over again that you could just flow it out like that because that is yeah the power of the subconscious and i think that's a really beautiful one can you say it one more time closing my eyes and receiving. Yeah. I mean, I do different variations. So I have my house of hoodoo oil, my magnetism. And every morning when I wake up, when I'm still in a sleepy state, I reach over and I grab it. I put it on. I'm like, I'm so fucking magnetic. Like I magnetize everything I want. I don't even have to think about it. I just breathe in and out and it comes to me. And I swear to God, this works. I like, I literally was walking. Here's just like a little tidbit. I was walking down the stairs the other day and I was looking at some jewelry I was wearing. I was like, man, I really need to buy some more jewelry. Like I like wearing jewelry and I just never buy it. My mom texts me later in that day and she goes oh her husband i guess it's like his mother's birthday and she's like we need to send um like we have to go to the jeweler to pick up something for his mom's birthday could you get it and if you go you know he said that he might get you something and i was like what like (laughs) random they've never done anything like this for me like that generous i was just like what is going on like but little things like that uh but yeah i like i magnetize things with ease and that right before I, right when I wake up and then right before I go to sleep, when I'm in that daisy state, like, I think that's another really good everyday ritual. That those magical states of right when you're falling asleep and right when you're waking Mm -hmm. up, because the subconscious is so impressionable. And like you said, you didn't, the more magnetic you become, um, the, the, whatever the subconscious mind is programmed to believe is what's going to just magnetize more easily and effortlessly which is why like the witch mm-hmm. work is important and i love that and also magic always comes to us in the most unexpected se- seemingly coincidental yeah. way um and it's like oh it just happened that mom called me that morning but is it no that's just how magic comes to you in very um kind of seems very non-direct ways but yeah that, that's a great story i love that <laughs> to magnetism okay um what is your favorite sensuous indulgence (sighs) my favorite sensuous indulgence i'd probably say like being in the bath or being in water like that is so sensual and like just such a good experience like just feeling so warm and like floaty and like everything smells good and it's just i don't know it's just so nice I love it. And you're dancing. You're Pisces, so you like the water. Water baby. Yes, I, I'm a cancer, so I get that that draw to the mm. water. So mm, a good a good bath ritual. All right. And finally, what does living fully in your power as a witch look like to you? I think living fully in my power as a witch looks like to me being able to understand what I want and then being able to use my tools to create that. So being aware and then being active upon that awareness. Being conscious about consciousness is a conscious all the time of like being aware. Yes. Because that's truly, I think something lacking in a lot of um, when people describe being a witch, I feel like the consciousness Mm -hmm. aspect sometimes, um, falls away. So I'm so happy that that is included in yours. Yay. All right. Well, let me see. Thank you, Ruby. I think that was ever. Is there anything that you want to um, wrap up with? I was pulling up. So we have this, we have this soundboard and I just wanted to give you, let you know that you did. Amazing. Yay. 
Awesome. Uh, yeah. And the, I, I discovered this last recording and we're going to use it every every episode you're getting some soundboard sounds so um ruby <laughs> is on instagram at ruby divine ruby dat ruby red divinity ruby red divinity i was way off ruby red divinity next thing i want to bring you on to talk about is um name changing and changing the name that you go by because you and i have both done that and that would be that really is awesome. so much and also something we could touch on when we get there is when it comes to dating and relationships and the way that those names come in like people that you know from one name and another name like oh my gosh I yeah I let's talk about this because I have so many thoughts and feelings and I want to hear what you have to say too like yeah if anyone has (laughs) interest in an episode on like changing your name and going by different names so I feel like there's a lot of magic to it let us know Mm -hmm. um because I definitely want to bring Ruby back on. So, but Ruby, so grateful for you for taking the time to talk to us. You are amazing. I'm just so grateful to have you in my life. You bring so much magic and wonder and inspiration to me and our witches. And I just hope you know of what a a priestess you are amongst our witches and to me. So love you so much. I love you so much. Bye, love you. Thank you for joining me for the Minx and Muse podcast. You can find show notes and learn more about the studio at www.minxandmuse.com. As a reminder, it is our birthright to transform, expand, and safely exist as sensual, conscious, and empowered creatures. I'll see you next time.